This is a Radio 191 FM podcast. Our world has adapted greatly over the past few decades as it becomes more digitised. We rely on the internet and its likes and shares to platform topics and information for our shortened attention spans. These changes in how we consume content have meant the sciences have begun to present information in more digestible and accessible ways, relying on the arts to facilitate the platforming of scientific content. Science communication is the practice of sharing scientific information in a digestible, accessible format. Effective science communications have been essential throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Toby Morris is an illustrator and cartoonist and will be familiar to many as the name under the COVID-19 explainer cartoons hosted on the spin-off news site over the last couple of years. Toby's comic strip-like graphics, including the globally platformed illustration Flatten the Curve, set out to help us understand the virus and to encourage public health measures. Toby's illustrations were clearly effective because he's just been awarded the Prime Minister's Science Communications Prize for 2022. Morena Toby, and congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, hi, good to be here. This is a prestigious prize. It's awarded for expertise in communicating complex scientific or technological information to the public. You worked with microbiologist and previous winner of the same award, Susie Wiles, but your Bachelor of Arts at Victoria University and career in art and journalism don't indicate a particular scientific background yourself. So how did this partnership come about? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a surprise to to find myself in this sort of science world all of a sudden, or not so much as you know, the last two years. Um, yeah, my, my background is more in, um, I, I think of myself as a sort of a storyteller, I guess, but I've been doing non-fiction comics um, for quite a few years now, um, sort of documentary comics or a sort of researcher topic and, and use comics to present information. Um, and yeah, Susie was writing for the spin-off and I was working for the spin-off doing my regular, regular comic strip. Um, and in those first couple of months, she was, I mean, I was reading everything she was writing anyway. I was really, you know, sort of, I think all of us were trying to figure out what was going on and, and, and really sort of hungry to, to understand the, the science behind it. Um, and, yeah, she just asked the editor one day, Toby Manhire, she asked the editor if she could be put in touch with me because she had a diagram that she needed help um, illustrating for, for a piece that she was writing for us. And... Um, we just got talking, and that, that flatten the curve was the first thing we made, actually. So um, that was a huge, you know, got sort of shared all around the world almost instantly. And sort of Susie being the um, sort of force of energy that she is, and she was so sort of passionate about it, was like, wasn't even really a discussion of could, should we keep working together. She was just like, all right, what's the next thing that we could do? What's the next thing that we can do? And we just kept um, kept working together and collaborating, um, yeah, ever since, really. This partnership, as you said, has generated a lot of content over the past few years. COVID-19 yep. and its spread can be difficult to comprehend. Was it a challenge turning complex scientific concepts into accessible bite-sized illustrations curated for the general public? Yeah, that's always always the challenge, is to try and break down this thing that is um, yeah, sometimes hard to understand and there are, there are aspects of it that are really, really complex. I think I was lucky in terms of a collaboration that Susie, like you said, is already a really good and effective communicator herself. So she had sort of already done lots of the work for me in terms of figuring out what is a way to explain something that that's the general public who aren't necessarily super scientifically savvy um, can understand. And then from there, it's just a matter of, I, I, I think illustrations are really useful for understanding things like scale or things like um, 
you know, using animation to show the way something spreads, for example, is, is really effective. Sometimes it's harder to explain it in words than if you see it drawn out. I'm quite a visual person, and I know if I if I see something drawn out, then I will um, then I'll understand it faster. And I think also for me, being just being a member of the public, sometimes that was probably useful to have in our in our sort of team. Because sometimes Susie would explain things to me, and I'd think, "Oh, look, that's still still going over my head a little bit. I'm not quite sure I'm understanding what you mean." Or other times I'd say, "Yeah, well, when you put it like that, I get what you mean." Um, so that was quite helpful in trying to figure out just the the simplest way to to put things across. And on that note of the general public, over the course of the pandemic, people's tolerance for masks, lockdowns, and really anything else COVID-related began to wane. Did you yeah. notice that the public reception of your illustrations changed as the pandemic progressed? Yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, we're still seeing it now. Um, people's sort of appetite for it has, has certainly changed, hasn't it? I, I think all of us are a bit sort of, um, you know, what at first was... People were really hungry for information, and people were really wanted to wanted to understand everything. Um, and people have gotten a bit sort of jaded by now. I think whether that's people feeling like they've heard it all, or feeling like they're sort of at a, sort of an information overload point or something. Um, yeah, I mean we're seeing it with the coverage that we do in, in this at spin-off in general. Um, the sort of people's appetite for it will um, has sort of has has slowed down a little bit. Um, but I think it's still really, uh, to me, that's even makes it more important to still keep trying to find ways that of explaining things that are engaging and are, um, uh, uh, are straightforward enough. Do you think coming from an arts and journalism background aided you in being able to present these scientific ideas in an engaging and digestible format? Um, yeah, I mean, I think lots of it is just experience in, in, in storytelling, you know, just like ways to... Um, ways to present information that you know that you know work, and lots of that's come from from trial and error. Like you, you know, you're saying I'm not a, haven't got a super science background, but um, I have years of experience, like a, with my comics, and just sort of trying to explain things in a, in a in a clear way. And I think a sort of an arts arts background is really helpful in that way. That's it's all the storytelling, really. You know, it's like how knowing how to um, how to engage an audience and, and and what people are going to respond to and and knowing when to um, when to shut up too, I think is, is a big part of communication too. Just keeping keeping things to the point and not trying to trying to cram too much into what you're saying. Say one thing clearly rather than trying to try and explain everything under the sun. And you emphasise that storytelling component. Historically, scientific findings have been presented predominantly in write-ups. These yeah. are not only often difficult to comprehend without scientific knowledge, they can also be long and tedious for the general public to read and inaccessible for a number of language and ability reasons. Yeah. Do you think the way you presented these scientific ideas as cartoons impacted on their ability to be digested globally? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I think people people consume information in lots of different ways, you know, like there are, um, like I said, I'm a visual person. I like to, if someone's trying to explain something to me, I'll often say, can you draw me a diagram of it or can you draw me a map or whatever. Um, people do understand things in different ways. And I think often, yeah, even, it's almost like science is a, is a language, you know, like there's a whole, um, if you work in that field, there's, there's, there's lots of sort of terminology and jargon and um even just accessing the papers, lots of lots of sort of academic papers are kind of locked away behind paywalls, and only only people who subscribe to different journals can read them. It's not always that easy to to sort of stumble across the stuff. 
um, we were just trying to put it in ways that that are really much faster to to understand um, and and sort of talk to people where they are too. Like uh, uh, people are on social media. If you, the, the gifts that we were making were sort of designed to be able to be shared, um, you know, without leaving without leaving the social media platforms that you're on, um, not requiring somebody to sort of set, a, set aside a long period of time to sit down and read something, but, but really to sort of get to the heart of it really quickly. What is the importance of continuing to support this bridge between arts and science in science communications? I think there's so much potential there. I think there's heaps of potential for, for other things to be explained, you know, in a more um, sort of visually-led led approach. Um, Susie and I have been... We held a workshop last year called Drawing Science that we tried to um, get together a bunch of different researchers and a bunch of different illustrators and kind of introduce some other kind of collaborative pairings, which that was really... Um, feel really lucky we got the chance to do that. Um, but, yeah, I think there's so much so much potential there. And I think the more I've done this work, the more we've had other people coming to us and saying, well, we've just finished this research paper that's that's really complicated and we'd love to have a, a sort of a publicly accessible version of it or at least an introduction to it or something like that that people can sort of get the general gist of what we've, what we've been, been researching. And I think it is so important. I mean, I think we've seen that through the sort of the flip side of all of this is the way that sort of misinformation and disinformation has spread, you can you can see how powerful um, the kind of the storytelling aspect of, of sharing information is. And, and when it's done done badly and that, that gets shared, that can be really, really dangerous. But in the you know, the, the good side of that is it's really powerful when you do it do it properly. If you can share accurate information, um, people are much more empowered I think to make make good decisions and make smart decisions, both in terms of like politicians policies but also the public understanding um, you know public health measures and and ways to keep themselves and their communities and their families safe I think is, is, is really important Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast There are heaps more at r1.co.nz